Welcome, everyone, to Burgess Power Hour. Oh, my goodness, we're going to have fun with this one tonight, today. If you're listening to the uh, recording or if you're on live, lucky you, yay. I get to hear your lucky me. I get to hear your voice because this is all about foot-in-mouth syndrome, the key to effective communication. So I figured <laughs> that might get some people going, huh, what? How, yeah, you know, foot-in-mouth. Right? How to have, uh, I don't know if you do this, but I have put my foot in my mouth many times. So these are the keys to effective communication, and I'm glad you all are on the call. And as you know, um, for those of you, this is your first time, I like to do experiential things. So get your pen and paper ready um, because you're probably going to want to take notes, but also we have a little exercise that we'll do to get into those cobwebs and that subconscious belief of uh, our brain sometimes to find out some things that are going on around communication. And we are talking about communication because uh, this is the module we're in in our Conscious Leadership Academy, which is uh, all about communication. So we're doing essence of abundance, essence of relationships, essence of communication, and essence of leadership, and of course, essence of being, and all the other other programs and workshops that we do around the world. And I have to gloat for just a second. We launched our uh, Conscious Leadership Academy in Liberia, Africa, last month or two, working with teenagers and adults. And I'll be leaving Woo-hoo! for Africa. Yeah, I'll be leaving for Africa next week. Uh, and I'll be in Tanzania, uh, working with some of the children and the orphanages there, uh, helping them with some of my kids' programs that I do. So uh, we're just, you know, we're on five continents now as far as uh, me being putting my feet on the continents, but we have thousands of graduates from all around the world and people just like you. Aren't you exciting and excited? So here we're going to get really... We're going to get started, and what I'm going to do, uh, again, those of you who know uh, how we play the game, um, I will probably go ahead and mute you guys for a little bit just to kind of give you some um, these tools and the effective communication four steps and go through them. Um, and then um, we're going to do a little bit of an exercise, and then, of course, I want to hear from you. So I'll ask for anybody that wants to share anything that's come up for them at the call. Uh- and then we can talk through some of that, and I'm sure some of you will have some similar things. So we learn from each other, and uh, that's what it's all about, because we are building a global movement of conscious leaders, empowering others to create a win-win world. And in order to do that, we have to learn how to communicate. Yes, yes. So let me go ahead, and I'm going to mute everybody now. You can unmute yourself by hitting star six. So if you hit star six, that will unmute you or that will mute you either way, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and mute everybody. So you can unmute yourself. All you have to do is hit star six, okay? And that, and then you can talk to me. And then a little bit later, we'll let everybody talk when we finish. So the question I have for us tonight is, have you ever been told to shut up? Have you ever been told um, you don't have a voice? Or children are seen and not heard, right? Um, Have you ever been reprimanded? So just kind of ask yourself these questions. Have I ever been reprimanded by my employers or my teachers or my family for speaking up? 
Or have I been attacked for being bold, right? Going out there and saying, this is what I think and this is my truth. Or maybe maybe some of us have been bullied at school, so we shut down. And we felt belittled and misunderstood and felt afraid to use our voice. And maybe we just don't speak up because we're afraid we're going to get in trouble. Or maybe you're one of those types of people who you're afraid to tell your truth sometimes to people because you don't want to hurt their feelings. Or maybe you're one of those types of people that overpower other people and you steamroll them, okay, and you don't really listen to what they're having to say because communication, it takes two. It takes the sender of communication and the receiver of communications, right? And sometimes we just stick our foot in our mouth and go, bloop, did I just say that? Uh Uh-oh. Yikes. Didn't mean it that way. I mean, really, I don't know about you, but... Maybe you feel you're misunderstood sometimes or that people don't listen to you. So if any of those are you, if you've answered yes to any of those, you are in the right place. So let me give you a definition first before we start about what communication is for me and what I, you, you might want to take this on and chew on it and see if you resonate with this, that communication is the response you get okay so if you're not getting the response you want in the world from your business or family or love relationships or anybody that you speak with or communicate with if you're not getting the type of response you want you might want to look at how you are communicating it so just kind of chew on that for a minute so communication is the response you get. So let me give you four steps or four keys to effective communication. I've been doing this 37 years, so, you know, I have a couple of uh, items to share with you, so hopefully some of this will resonate with you. The very first step is being present. Being present with whomever you're with. Whether you're speaking to, you know, a crowd, thousands of people, or whether you're having a one-on-one conversation. It's really being present to what is happening and who you're speaking with. And I've always said, look, it's really, really cool to be interesting, but, but really the key here to a really good communicator and to have effective communication and have people trust you is to be interested So just ask yourself, when I'm communicating, am I interested or interesting? So be present with what they are saying when that means you have to be a very good listener. So being an effective communicator and, of course, in our Conscious Leadership Academy and with Essence of Being, really it's about listening. It's about really listening what people are saying, what they're feeling, going behind the words, that's really getting you present with them. And a lot of times in our Essence of Being uh, classes, we have these uh, what I call blocks to listening. And so 
Um, this might be review for some of you, but um, I'm going to give you three of them. So we let, we have a lot of blocks to listening at times, and it comes from we, what we've learned. We learn we have these learned experiences, right, from our family of origin and from our experiences from our lives. So some of the blocks to listening could be you check out. Like, for instance, some of you might be checked out right now. Hello, are you there? Ding dong, hello. Some people check out. They they think about, well, I don't know, what time is it? Or did I leave the coffee pot on? Or I wonder what my kids are doing? Or, you know, you're not really there. So I could be blabbing on and you don't hear a thing. So you're not really actively listening and being present with what is being communicated. Another block to listening is rehearsing. And it's one of my favorite ones because we all do this at times, right? Um, especially in a in a relationship, you've been with somebody for a while, whether it's a business or a romance or whatever kind of relationship, and you are rehearsing what you're going to say. So they're saying whatever they're saying, and you know what they're saying because you've been with them, and you know what they're going to say, and you've heard it before. So hurry up and say what you're going to say, so I can say what I'm going to say. I've already rehearsed it. I already know what I'm going to say. So you're not really listening to what they have to say. You've rehearsed it, or you are rehearsing in your mind. Let's see, what's a good comeback? In sales, they teach us, right, to go to overcome the objection. And overcoming the objection, you rehearse. Okay, if they say this, then I say that. If they say this, then I say that. So that's still rehearsing. And again, you're not being present. Because they could be completely saying something completely different and you're missing the mark. You're missing the feeling behind what they're saying. The, one of the other blocks, I'll give you one more block, is judging. We judge people. Well, she doesn't know what she's talking about, or I know all of this already, so why should I listen? That's a judgment. And so you block listening and being present. So... Number one is being present, actively listening, okay? Number two of these effective steps for uh, being an effective communicator is taking responsibility for your communications. In other words, you respond versus react. And... People that have done any of my classes, you know I talk about responsibility, personal responsibility, you know, the quality of our life uh, is, is how we respond. You know, how we respond to life is, determines the quality of our life, but it also determines the quality of our communications. And oftentimes, if we're reacting, we're really not uh, taking responsibility necessarily uh, we aren't really allowing ourselves to respond. Now, the reason why is because of our funny little reptilian brain. So we go into that freeze, flight, or fight mode based on what we have learned from our past and also physiologically our reptilian brain keeps us from being in danger. So sometimes we react. We can either freeze when someone says something to us and we uh, just freeze and we don't know what to say. Uh, we could react by fighting. 
Okay? So it's like, hey, you, you're going to do me, I'm going to do you back. I'm going to match your vibration and fight right back. Or you could flight, which is run. Run and hide. And that's a reaction. It's like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to hear this. Um, I'm, I'm out of here. So reacting is definitely not pausing for a moment and taking responsibility for your thoughts, your beliefs, and your actions. And in your communication, you can really be the observer, right? In order to help you respond better, to respond to what people are saying, is you take a deep breath and observe it. You observe what they're saying. Don't let it come into you. You have a choice. You, you, you have a choice. If you feel like you're being attacked or if you feel like you're not good enough, uh, these are all reactions all, oftentimes. They're not really responses, meaning that you're not taking responsibility for what is happening in your brain. So, for instance, you're not responsible for other people's feelings. And so many times we have communication like that. We think if we say something that we're going to hurt their feelings or we say something and we're afraid of their reaction, therefore we don't say anything. So the, the one piece about this is understanding you're only responsible for you, but Take responsibility. In other words, don't blame anybody, don't shame yourself, and don't make excuses and justify. Because whenever you do that, whenever you blame somebody else for something or you shame yourself, you go run and hide and feel bad, or you start making excuses, I call that below-the-line behavior, okay? Nothing changes. It's fight, flight, or freeze. Nothing really shifts or changes. You are not taking responsibility for your own communication. You want to go above that line and be authentic. Be authentic with your communication, but take responsibility for it, okay? And the reason why a lot of us really don't understand this part, uh, again, when you do that, when you blame or shame or justify, what you're doing is you're giving your power away. You're giving your power away to that other person. You're saying, hey, I blame you for whatever. Therefore, I am a victim and I can't change anything because I'm powerless. And I say this in the workshops all the time, right? We BMW, bitch, moan, and whine. And we can bitch, moan, and whine about something, but does anything really shift or change? Not really, and therefore, I always say, look, if you want to go above the line and take responsibility for your own thoughts, that's being authentic. That's being in a place of of uh, wanting to really make a difference in the world and know that you deserve it. And that's more of an observer place, so you're not reacting, Okay. So you're not reacting to what another person's saying. So take responsibility for your thoughts. And it comes, again, from our family of origin. So, and beyond, if you really want to know. But our family of origin, it plays itself out over and over and over and over again. That's why we react. Think about when you were little. Our subconscious 
we have these subconscious thoughts. These are it's our bubble talk is what I call it. Those of you who've never taken my class, classes, bubble talk is that subconscious thought that keeps you from getting what you want. It's that little voice in your head. It's the bubble above your head like in a cartoon character. And those are your subconscious thoughts. And that's the dynamic that plays out over and over and over again because we let people affect us in their communications. Think about your family of origin. You know, how, how, how did you learn to behave? How did you learn to communicate? And these old behaviors come up. We start getting reactive. We become two years old again. We start defending ourselves. Or we, we don't feel good enough. Or we have, we're too afraid to tell the truth. Or we become very codependent because we want everybody to be okay. Or maybe we want to enable people because that's what we learned. We don't want to provoke anybody. And I'm sure many of us have heard, do what I say, not what I do. You know, and so we take that on. Or maybe we've, we felt ashamed or, like I said, bullied or judged when we were little. Therefore, that's our reaction and that's our go-to subconscious place. And like, for instance, in my family, my subconscious places, my family would show um, their affection toward me through their communication, through making fun of me. So what I learned on a subconscious level uh, from, as a little girl is that people that make fun of me love me. If you're making fun of me and belittling me, then that means you love me. And that's what love means. And that's, a, and that's uh, sarcasm. And I call it, these days, I call it scarcasm because it really leaves a scar. Now, I'm very self-deprecating, uh, and it's quaint, you know, but it, at times, um, you know, it gets old. If people keep making fun of me, it does trigger me, and it makes me feel, you know, I'm, I'm tired, you know, I get tired of it. It's like I, before I used to crave it. Make fun of me, that means you love me. But... Thank goodness I've learned over the years that, you know, that's not necessarily the case. It doesn't have to be that way. So I'm just giving you an example. Okay, step three. Step three is create synergy. Create synergy. Synergy, the definition of that is the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So in order to create synergy with someone in communication, we have to learn how to respect ourselves enough to speak up and respect that other person and have empathy. And we have to be willing to let go of control. Oh, no. You know, let go of the control that we think that we're controlling everything by what we're saying. So in order to trust just a little bit, okay, we have to trust a little bit in order to create cooperation and create synergy. So we have to let go of control a little bit in order to let ourselves trust enough to respect ourselves and respect that other person and have empathy to learn how to cooperate and come to a consensus, okay? Now... 
Well, let me kind of give you a definition of consensus because people get confused about what that means. I'm not talking about if you're in an environment where you're having an argument or you have a discussion and, um, you know, you, uh, what's the word? You let you, uh, funny, this is about a communication and I can't think of the word. Universe is so funny. Anyway, oftentimes we compromise. That's the word I'm trying to look up. Are you trying to say the difference between consensus, feeling together, so you really are in synergy, or negotiating? Where it's well, what I was saying is, compens- is like a lot of times when you're in, if you're trying to create synergy, a lot of times people will, will give in and they compromise. But what I'm talking about is not necessarily compromising, because compromising means for some people it feels like you're giving in and you're still not being heard. So I'm going to give you a little, maybe a twist on it about what consensus is, okay? It's a decision process for making full use of all the available resources, and basically you agree to support the decisions together. You don't have to agree with each other. You you can have differences of opinion but a consensus means you come together to agree to support whatever conflict it is to resolve it. Or another way to say it is commit to resolution. So instead of saying I'm going to compromise, I always say let's come to a resolution. Let's commit to having a resolution to whatever conflict is going on or whatever disagreement or whatever we're talking about. It does not mean you have to have complete unanimity. I never can say that. Complete unanimity. I'm having... (laughs) This is really hilarious. Yeah, that word. Complete unanimity. That word. Unanimity. That's not the goal. So the goal is to come together and create an agreement to support each other through consensus. So in order to do that and still have differing opinions, a way to create synergy and consensus is avoid arguing. Okay, You don't have to. One person has to be right and the other person has to be wrong. You both can be right and commit to resolution. So do not assume that somebody must win and somebody must lose when your discussions come to a stalemate. Instead, look for the next most acceptable alternative. The other thing is to remember, do not change your mind simply to avoid conflict. Don't just give, that's really just copping out. Don't change your mind just because you don't want to avoid con- just because you want to avoid the conflict, and you want to reach an agreement and harm and be harmonious. You can still be heard and tell your truth. So, because this is what happens when a dissenting person finally agrees, don't feel that that person must be rewarded by having his or her own way on some later point. Well, I'll give in this time. 
but you better let me have it next time. Because differences of opinions are natural and expected, okay? Disagreements can help together to have a group think. Because the wide range of information and opinions, there's a greater chance that the group will hit on more adequate solutions if we just allow that. But we all get caught up in that right-wrong thing. And there has to be a winner. Okay, that's the third one. The fourth one is effective communication is to tell the truth with compassion. Tell your truth with compassion. And one of the best ways to do that is you start out every sentence with, for me the truth is. And I say that all the time. For me the truth is this. Now, that person cannot argue that that's not my truth. They may not agree with what I'm saying, but they cannot argue that's not my truth. So what that does is it levels you up. It brings your vibration up to really share your truth. And you're saying it with compassion. If you use a lot of I words, see a lot of people, some people are really good about telling their truth, aren't they? But it it sure doesn't feel compassionate. So the key here is to tell the truth with compassion, which means you have to have empathy and respect and ownership of your communication. Use I words, I feel, I know, I think. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to your, um, we're going to dig in a little bit and see what are your subconscious beliefs around um, some of the communication you have been raised with and how that still plays out in your life, and maybe it doesn't serve you, or maybe it does. And before, So get your pen and paper out, and before we do that, there's one more thing about telling your truth with compassion is understanding the distinctions between advice, truth, and story. So many of us love to give advice, and... We just are chomping at the bit. We wait for you to say three three words, and we already know, okay, oh, good, I know how to give advice. I know how I can help this person. But see, they may not even be asking for advice, but we're giving it anyway. And so they still don't feel heard. Everybody wants to feel heard and acknowledged. Everybody does. So if you start giving advice to people without them asking for it, they may you may run into them feeling not heard and if they don't feel heard and acknowledged then that is not effect, that's not an effective communicator and you're not being an effective communicator on your side remember the response you get so just be mindful about giving advice and also be mindful about telling your story because a lot of times when you're telling your truth with compassion uh people think okay yeah, they, they listen for a few minutes or maybe one sentence and they, they go right into their own story and they start identifying with what that other person's saying. Oh, yeah? Well, let me tell you about mine. My, um, let me tell you this story. Oh, my God, that, exa- that, that same thing happened to me. And this is what I did and this is what I do. And So you've completely taken over the conversation and they still don't feel heard. 
or if you're telling your truth, just be mindful of knowing I'm going into the story here. I'm going into all this story about it, all the stuff. I'm not really telling my truth. I'm telling everything else around it. I'm not really telling how I feel. So when I say just be mindful about are you telling your story, are you giving advice, or are you absolutely telling your truth? And telling your truth is very authentic and real. And you can do that with compassion. And by using those words, for me the truth is, this is how I feel. This is, I feel this way when you blah, blah, blah. Okay, so get your pen and paper out, and what we're going to do is we're going to write down a couple of, I'm going to say some sentences, and I want you to do a stream of consciousness writing. If you're driving, don't do this. You can come back and listen, or you can just say it out loud if you want, okay? And everybody who has registered on this call will get a, a recording. So... This is stream of consciousness. Don't don't think about it too long. Just write down the first things that come up or think about the very first thing that comes up, okay? And you can't do this wrong. Don't edit it. Don't try to figure it out. Just first thoughts. Okay, here we go. Any questions before I go? If you have a question, hit star six and ask it before I start. Okay. When people do not listen to me, I when people do not listen to me, I what? Write down the first thing. The second one is when I say something to people they generally, what? When I say something to people, they generally, fill in the blank. And the next one is, when my mom or your female caregiver, if you didn't grow up with your mom, when this is when you're little, when my mom communicated to me when she was angry, I would... When my mom communicated to me when she was angry, I would... What? And maybe you can't remember... Just make up whatever you think. Maybe you never saw her angry. When my mom communicated to me when she was angry, I would what? And the next one is, when my dad communicated to me when he was angry, I would... What? Or my male caregiver, if you didn't grow up with a dad. When my dad communicated to me when he was angry, I would...
The next one is, when I was angry at my dad, I would... When I was angry at my dad, I would... And the next one is, when I was angry at my mom, I would, when I was angry at my mom, I would, what would you And the last one is when I am angry with my partner. Now, this can be your relationship partner. It can be a business partner, someone close to you. When I'm angry with my partner, I, and if you don't have a partner, just think about when you did, or you can use business partner if you want, or coworker. When I'm angry with my partner, I... What do you do? Okay. Finish up on the one you're on. And if you, anybody want to see, just look through, look through your answers and see if you see any patterns there. Any similarities? And how it's playing out in your life now. Does anybody want to share anything? Hit star six. Any ahas or... Hey, Birds. Hey, Howard. My pattern was shut down, shut down, shut down, avoid. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh, but how, how... how awesome that you can have a through line like that. Shut down, shut down, shut down, avoid. And I bet you're not the only one. Um, I don't know about anybody else. <clears throat> well, so how's so so has that been playing out in your life as an adult? Yes, I avoid confrontation, even if I'm right. Even so if you're right. I'd rather be happy than right. Okay. Good, good man. You learned that well. However, uh, well, that's good. And what I'm going to do in a minute after we share all of this, I'm going to give you guys some things you can do about how to resolve conflicts without shutting down, okay? Awesome. Because you have a voice. So, Howard and everybody listening, I want you to say it as loud as you can. I have a voice! 
Just I say it. I have a voice. Yes, you do. And you have the right to speak. So being shut down deprives us of your brilliance. Being shut down stuffs all of your feelings, your thoughts, and your authenticity. It deprives the world of knowing how magnificent you really are and what your truth really is and how much you make a difference in the world. Being shut down does not affect anything. You have no effect. So the alternative is how can I show up, speak my truth in a way where I won't get hurt and I'll feel acknowledged and even if people don't agree with me, it's okay and I'll still feel connected. Hi, everybody. It's Brenda. Hi, Brenda. What'd you write down, hon? I couldn't really think of anything. About anything? Nothing. So, when people do not listen to me, I what? I get angry. Okay. I get angry. So, when when I'm angry with my business partner or I'm angry with my partner... What do you do? I ain't got one. Huh. Well, did you have one ever? Yeah. Okay. And when you got angry, what did you do? I fought. You fought. Okay. So your your lesson, hon, what you learned is I have to fight to be heard. Is that true? No. Nope. So in order to be heard, do you feel you have to fight? that you have to fight to be heard. In other words, do you feel like people listen to you even, or do you feel like you always have to be angry for them to hear you? Yes. Okay. That's what I mean by fight, okay? And you just said with your partner, your your partner that you used to have, you would fight, correct? Yes. Okay, so there's a there's an element there. You have a pattern there from, in order for me to be heard, I have to fight, and I have to, you know, if I'm angry, that's the only way I'm going to be heard. Yeah. So, I know that's not working for you now, right? No. Okay, so for you, Brenda, I would definitely... Look at how can I share my truth, speak up, have a voice, be heard, and not be afraid and be in my power without being angry. That people will listen to me because I deserve to be listened to. How would that feel? Be great. Yeah. So let's shift that, okay? Okay. All right, and you're and you're doing it too, Beverly. You, you you know, Brenda, you did it. I mean, at Essence of Being, you came and you started that process. So give yourself some credit, okay? 
Okay. Give you promise. Give yourself some credit that things are changing and shifting for you. Okay. Okay. All right, hon. Take a deep breath for me. <clears throat> Good. And just know for any of anybody listening, if you have that same pattern, you know that's the fight, flight, or freeze. That's that reptilian brain. That's the part of you that's scared and sh- and afraid, um, and wanting to be out of danger. And so, for many of us, we feel like we're not heard unless we get angry. And when we get angry, maybe things are said that we don't really mean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. So, congratulations, you do have some things to say. (laughs) See? (laughs) You do have the right to speak, and you do have the power, and you do have the ability to tell your truth. So, good job, Brenda, and good job, Howard. Thank you both for sharing. So... Uh, whatever you wrote down, just I want for everybody to please just look through and see if you can find a pattern and see how it's kind of come through and how it's affecting you in your life now. Because uh, what I'm going to give you now is how to resolve any kind of conflict, okay? If you have any kind of conflict, to have more compassion in your life and resolve the conflict productively, okay? One of the ways to do that is to remember that you want to attack problems, not people. So if there's a challenge or a problem in your life, don't attack the people. Look at the system. Look at the problem. Look at the challenge and resolve the challenge in a way with basically synergy consensus, creating respect, letting go of control, learning how to say for me the truth is. Attack those problems, not the people. Because if you attack people, that it's not very productive. Uh, uh, and whoever has background, is that you, Brenda? Are you still on? You can hit star six, hon. Huh? Hit star six on your phone, please. Okay, wow. Be- there's background noise. There you go. Thank you. Um, And then another way that you can resolve conflicts productively is express your feelings and needs in a non-blaming way. Everybody has needs, and they have everybody, everybody has feelings. But if you if you share that and express it in a non in a blaming way, people feel attacked. So again. Express your feelings and your needs, but use I words. I feel, I think. Okay. For me, the truth is I need this. I need this and I I, want to feel this way. I choose to feel this way. So another way to take responsibility, that's another one. Take ownership for your your part. So resolving a conflict, you know, it's not always about the other person. Look at, you know, what 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 am I doing here? You know, how am I bringing this about? Take ownership for your part of the challenge or the problem. And sometimes it just takes practice in order to do that. 
because the more aware you become and the more conscious you become, and you're, it's easier to take ownership. It's easier to look at what your part of it is. And when you do that, it really does create synergy that you're not just in blame all the time or justifying your position. Okay. And so I'm saying all of this for everybody. Okay, Brenda? So it's for everybody. Uh, and I want everybody, another way you can resolve a conflict uh, productively is listen and seek to understand the other person's point of view before defending your own. So so many times we get triggered and we want to defend ourselves and defend our point of view. Again, stop, listen, have empathy, which means put yourself in their shoes for just a moment. How do you think they feel? And perhaps seek to understand that first before you put your foot in your mouth. Another way to resolve conflicts productively is look for the need behind whatever someone is saying. And I call that getting gotten. And in our Essence of Communication class, it's coming up Saturday, by the way. It's our one day. Um, you will learn a little bit more about getting gotten. And, of course, our Conscious Leadership Academy, uh, we go into it in depth in our communication module. But getting gotten is basically you go behind the words. Somebody can be really upset at you for something and attack you, but it's probably not necessarily all about you. There's probably something else going on behind the words for them. They're feeling misunderstood or they're feeling embarrassed or they're feeling hurt or they're feeling afraid or they're feeling betrayed. And, of course, when you have those feelings, we attack, right? We attack everybody else. And so if someone is upset with you about something, one way to get them and disarm them is to go behind the words and say things like, I can understand why you're upset, or tell me more, or... I can only imagine how that feels. You must really feel upset. Tell me more. And they might say, well, I was really, you know, I was really hurt that you said those things. And now you've got it. Now you get them. Now you know they're hurt. You can say, I can, I can really understand why you're hurt. And if it's appropriate, apologize. Say, that was not my intention to hurt you. My intention was to say so-and-so-and-so, and so, so I can really understand, and, and I, I feel that you're hurt. So now what you've done is you, you've they feel heard. They feel acknowledged because you went behind the words and got the emotion. And that takes practice. But, hey, stay connected with us at Essence of Being and our Conscious Leadership Academy and all the other workshops, and you keep getting practice. Hey, hey, hey. Okay. 
Another way to resolve conflicts is to focus on what can be done, not what can't. Too many times we focus on what can't be done. That just can't be done. I can't do it. And remember, in our Essence of Being classes, we always say, if I can't, I must. So if you find yourself saying, I can't a lot, say, I must. If you can solve the problem or the challenge and build the relationship, okay, that's how you can resolve conflicts. Solve the problem or the challenge and build the relationship And be honest and respect yourself because you have the right to speak and respect their opinions. Have empathy for them and for yourself. Take ownership of your part in the communication. It's a two-way street. I know that many of us have always had a one-way communication. Do it because I said so. That's one way. It's my way or the highway. That's not very productive, and therefore it doesn't really open up any opportunity for us to really have an effective dialogue, does it? And remember, don't rush into solving somebody else's problem. Take time out to just observe first and not give advice right away. So a big criteria for this, remember, is just have respect, empathy, and ownership. It's the same three things that we talk about in essence of relationships. Having a compassionate relationship, you have to, in order in order to do that, you have to have respect, empathy, and ownership. So one tool that I can give you to do is if you feel like you have something to say, Ask yourself these questions first. Will this serve to say it? Will this serve to say it? And then you ask, that's a yes or no. Then you ask who? Who's it going to serve, me or the other person? And then you ask how? How is it going to serve? And then you say, What is the highest good for all concerned? So, for instance, I might want to tell somebody something. I say, okay, will this serve to say it? Yes. Who? It's going to serve me. How? It's going to make me feel right. It's going to make me feel right when I really feel wrong. And now, is that the highest good for all concerned? No. So just don't say it. Because you've just answered yourself. I want to say something to make myself feel right when I really feel wrong. So again, ask yourself, will this serve to say it? Who will it serve? How will it serve? And is this the highest good for all concerned? And another tool that you can use is ask clarifying questions. If you're afraid 
to speak up, ask clarifying questions, and that's all you have to say. I have a clarifying question, and what that does is it puts the ownership of clarifying on the other person. In other words, if you feel stupid or you feel like you're not getting it or you're too afraid to ask a question about something or you don't understand, all you have to say is, I have a clarifying question. That's, that is really powerful because the person who's speaking now goes, oh, I, I wasn't clear. Let me, let me, let me be more clear. It really is empowering for both the the listener and the speaker. So that's a great tool to use. And the other thing to remember about all of this, and then I'll have you share anything else that you want to share, is with effective communication, and again, that's we're doing our one day this Saturday. You can live stream it if you're not in Atlanta. Uh, you And if you're part of our Conscious Leadership Academy, you'll have it um, videotaped, so you'll have it in your archives, and we're doing it again um, in December. But what we talk about again is what is communication and how how do we show up in the world Many of us only have 7% communication because that's the written word. If you text and email and, or Facebook, and that's the only way you communicate or that's the way that you communicate a lot, you're only getting and giving 7% of the communication, which means that you can be very misunderstood. And I know you have been, and I know that you probably have misunderstood other people because all you got was 7% of a text, and you read into it and think, oh, they said it this way. No, they didn't. So 38% of communication is tone. And what I always say is pick up the phone and get the tone. Because you can really tell by someone's tone where they're coming from. There's less room to be misunderstood. Because I can say, pass me the salt. Or I can say, pass me the salt, honey. Sugar. In other words, you get the tone. Now, if I said that just in an email, you have no tone. And 55% is body language. That's why Zoom, Skype, and my personal favorite, in-person. That's why I love to do live workshops, live experiences, because in-person is where you get 100% communication. Body language is huge. It's 55%. And if you are not in front of somebody, you're missing 55% of the communication. So... Those are some tools and some, hopefully, um, some ways that you can resolve conflicts. And find you found out a little bit about your bubble talk, about your communication. Does anybody have any questions or want to share anything else? He hit star six. I have a question, Burge. <clears throat> Excuse oh. me, it's Margie. Hi, Margie. <clears throat> this has been absolutely terrific, um, and I learned so much. 
and I want to take it from another point of view, if that's okay. Sure. Um, I had um, owning um, my feelings and saying something, and on several occasions to one particular person, and the person went... um, they were shocked because I thought I was communicating through ownership. I feel um, I owned it. And it was a very difficult conversation. And the person reverted to type because they didn't believe that a real honest communication was being sent forth. And then I shut down. So what do you do when the other person doesn't respond and they go into control mode? So they did not believe that you were being authentic? Is that what you're saying? Um, I don't think they believed it. I think they weren't ready for that because we had been in that old type of communication. Uh Uh-huh. And so I was starting to communicate owning my feelings. Yes. And um, so what they got was they got scared. They got scared. Okay, so they got scared, and so when you have someone that you're starting to open up and you're having an authentic um, dialogue and and you're communicating heartfelt, okay, some people don't know what to do with that because they have not, first of all, they don't know how to do it. Second of all, they're afraid to do it because of maybe in the past they've been hurt, so they don't want to, they'd rather just not do it at all, okay? So... What you do, there's two, you have two choices. You can understand that they know that they are afraid, and you say that to them. And you say, and not be attached to what they say back, okay? You cannot be attached that they're going to open up or not. Once you get attached to that, that's when it can, like, kind of drive you crazy, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't be attached to their response. But what you can do is is take responsibility for your response. And you can say to that person, I'm opening up to you now. I feel that I wanted to share all of this. And I can understand that you might not be, this might make you uncomfortable. And I understand that it might make you a little bit afraid to even go there. And I understand that. And it's okay. I just wanted to share. Now, what you've done, if you do that, that opens up a door. That basically calls them out without making them feel wrong. Does that make sense? It does. Um, but this, since this happened twice, I'll share what happened on another occasion with the same person. I was attacked. Okay. And I shut down. And okay. I feel like... It's hampering my progress because I feel like it sets me back. And wherein do you stop trying and exit? Because I'm bordering on exiting. I see. Uh, Well, it really depends. So we can have an offline conversation. I do private sessions if you want to go into it further specifically Mm -hmm. um, about that. But it really depends on the longevity or the connection that you have with that person. Uh, If you see that it's happening over and over again with other people, then, uh, then you get to look at, I'm the common denominator. Why am I being attacked by opening up and, be, and sharing my feelings, if that's the case? So you get to look at, or is it just this very one person, I think, this has never happened to me before. But the thing is, when you open up, 
and you share your feelings and you you be authentic, it can be it's the intimacy. It's the intimacy that scares people. So that means that they have a lot of things that they're trying to um, keep down and hide because they're afraid, or maybe they don't even know. So what do you do? You have a choices. You can love them, appreciate them for where they are, and send them appreciation because that always raises your vibration. In other words, you can appreciate them for where they're at and, they, and they're afraid of the intimacy. And you do not have to put yourself in that position of allowing it to come inside. You can just be an observer and say, wow, every time I open my mouth and share something with this person, uh, they attack me. That doesn't feel good, and I'm, I'm not allowing that anymore because I don't deserve it. And you can even say that. That's telling your truth with compassion. That's stepping up in your power. That's saying, I have a voice, and I don't deserve to be talked to that way. Birch, can I ask a question real quick? Sure. Sorry to interrupt, because I'm seeing that the time is kind of uh, running out. Yes. Uh, Real quick, um, Birch, this is Harold. I I decided for all everything that I've done in uh, the workshops with you, and I decided that uh, like Mr. Howard, uh, it's better be happy. I decided to be happy than confrontation. Uh-huh. I'm I as you know I'm I'm Latin I'm Brazilian. Uh, and I've been uh, living much, much better when I decided that. Do you think that when we decide, especially at work, the work environment, I prefer be happy than confront, than argue, uh, or, you know, anything else, happiness. I decide to be happy. Do you think that uh, this being always like uh, that demonstrates a little bit of weakness, in the Latin world, you pro- I can understand why you would think that, and it's not just uh, in the cultural world, because sometimes in the culture that you're raised with, sometimes that does come across culturally, or you've learned that from your past about weakness, mm-hmm. okay, and in business, certainly, men in business, women in business, it can look like that to some people, but as long as you're demonstrating happiness, people are going to say, I want to be like that guy. He's always happy. So you you attract people to you that are of like mind. Okay? So the more that you're happy and the more you don't allow it to come inside of you and you don't allow it to make you wrong and you don't allow it to um, affect you and you're just holding your shape and you're holding your integrity and you're saying, you know what? I'm I'm happy with what's going on. Um, Now, and they and you demonstrate that and people want to be with you because of the way you're feeling that's great but if there's absolutely something that you feel is going on that you really want to speak up about that's when that's when you want to stand in your power and say this is how i feel that this is not this is not what i want to do right now this is not um uh working for me is there another way that we can work this out so okay. those are the times, because it depends, right? It depends on what it is. I mean, 
if you're trying to save a child's life, you're going to do whatever it takes, and your instinct okay. takes over, right? And you know that, that you're right by saving that child's life. You're not going to stand there and just be happy about it. So there are different distinctions on, on that, and you will know the difference of when to say and tell your truth, but you can do it with compassion. You don't have to do it with confrontation. And if people take it as a confront or if people take it as a weakness or if people take it as, as an attack, that's what you get to look at because, remember, communication is the response you get. So it doesn't have to be weakness. It just depends. But I personally feel like if you're demonstrating happiness and, and you'd rather be happy than right, that's going to make you just feel a lot better and live longer, don't you think? Absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, these are great, you guys. I just, I'm so excited for you guys. I'm going to unmute everybody here for a second. Uh, and I'm going to tell you one more thing. So I just announce everything here. Let's see. Okay, everybody is unmuted. And I just want to say we are doing our Essence of Communication this Saturday in it's a one day. We are uh, doing Essence of Being yay, in July in Atlanta, July 19th through the 21st. And I do private sessions. And please check us out, essenceofbeing.com slash CLA, which stands for Conscious Leadership Academy. That is our new launch that we've done this year. And it's just been phenomenal response. It's online learning. It's it's live learning. It's a it's it's an incredible experience for people that are uh, in the academy and part of the membership. But just stay connected to us. Essence essenceofbeing.com. You can always um, email me burge at essenceofbeing.com, and that's b u r g e at essenceofbeing.com, and we can set up a private session. Or if you want more information about anything that we're doing, please check us out and come play with us. I know some of you on the call are going to. I'll see you Saturday, and um, for some of you, I'll see you maybe in July, and for some of you, I'll see when I see you. So for for that, I really appreciate all of you taking time out. This is a big subject for a lot of people. So hopefully you got something out of it. And we don't say goodbye. We say see you see you next time. So everybody just shout it out. See you next time. Thank you, Birch. Thank you. Thank you. I love that. Thank you. And I will see you next time. Uh, We will be seeing each other um, on our next Power Hour, July 17th, everybody. And that next Power Hour, remember, it's the third Wednesday of every month. So that the one we'll be talking about, I'll be coming back from Africa. And guess what we're going to talk about? You have a voice telling your truth. So we're going to continue this conversation. You have a voice. Tell your truth. So until I see you, I'll see you next time, everybody. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.